so um guys i decided to do this <laughs> yeah let's do this Yo, this is Creative Talks, uh, so profusy. What's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? One of my favorite poets. Um, I mean, like, I don't say that stuff, like, you know, some people are like, that's my, my favorite whatever, whatever. I I mean, I literally see you as one of my favorite po- poets, I think. Like, art experiences. There's a lot of things that people don't understand, what, what I call my art experiences. It's like... I remember seeing a book cafe right. back in the day, yep. and there was a lot of purity in in communication and what you felt about poetry that you were doing. I think there's a lot of like take me back to that. Like I, I think a lot of people don't even understand. They just see you as a poet on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so the the book cafe was like a rite of passage of sorts. It was like a rite of passage of sorts. Um, because it's the one place that afforded people who wanted to be part of the industry in a serious way an opportunity to actually sharpen their craft, but also to belong to a community of people who were already part of the industry, who knew something, and who were on a journey towards something. Because I remember when I started, it's because I used to attend uh, shows at the Moneyberg a lot, uh, and one of my favorite shows to attend at the time it's either it was the circle or it was my show with the spoken word event being a hip-hop head that i really liked the circle but also my was more became started to become more of my my type of vibe because it had the spoken word element and there was i, I vibe more with the mcs there than the mcs that were at the circle uh and it was more my vibe it was more my vibe so being at the spoken my spoken word event uh i remember i watched um, upmost perform with Stan on guitar. I oh, never, I was there. Ah, oh. <laughs> that was there. That was dope. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I remember exactly how I felt, and that feeling has never gone away since. And it's for the first time in my life I said, I wanna, I wanna connect like that too. Not, I wanna make art like that. No, it was like I wanna connect on that level too. And the connection now, when I started to pursue art, it was not just about poetry. Poetry was the preferred medium to start with, but poetry is one way to express that, or being on the air is another way to express that, or writing a book, or creating a campaign, or whatever it is. But it was about pursuing how that moment felt and how it impacted how I saw my world at the time. And that's always the, the campus for me. When, whenever I, I do anything. So whenever people, the, when people then saw me on stage, it was the pursuit of that life-changing moment when I saw Upmost perform with Stan on guitar. And it felt so authentic. It felt like this guy was in his element, in his space, in, in a comfortable place where it, this is who he is in his most... Uh, in its most natural state, if I could call it that, and that's what I've always been pursuing. And so, when you saw me on stage, I guess that's what the pursuit has always been, and that's still the pursuit, actually. So when I when I really think about it, right, I I I, I pursue I, I link a lot of my 
move towards writing about culture and so forth to right. Book Cafe because thanks to Paul Brickhill, rest in peace, uh, he created an environment where I remember if, if you have a chat with uh, Fungai Zimbojan mm-hmm. and myself, we were he like the so guys kind to me. Oh, he's fucking ah, amazing. I, I love so him. Kind I love to him me, to death. And the funny thing is, people used to think that he and I used to compete, and not realizing that no, we actually used to be like sometimes the only two people covering stuff north of Samora. Right. Like the art north of Samora did not exist according to places like the Herald. True. That like there was nothing happening. If it was not in town, it didn't exist anywhere else, or in the popular spaces like But but what we were we were afforded is we're able to connect with people, and I, I understand you can. And isn't it tragic right now that that kind of place where you could walk in and see a Chinese sitting in the corner there, or seeing uh, what you call it, uh, Oliver Mtukuzi sitting there having his meeting with some with someone else is met them at the book cafe or or you know that kind of environment where where everyone who was in art felt like there was a safe haven it's like the sophia town I, I i exactly thank you for bringing up sophia town it was a utopia of sorts and i think because it was a meeting of minds where everyone way, everybody i'm just opening a beer <laughs> Everyone who was in that space was some some sort of a purist within their per preferred uh, art form or preferred path. They were a purist, so it was so common for you to walk in there and meet a Chuaniso, and Chuaniso is so kind to you. It's as if she has known you for years. Yep. Uh, it, I'd never experienced that before because these are people I used to look up to. These are people I used to uh, uh, always see and be like, "Yo, Chuaniso." The moment I see Chuaniso, but I remember meeting Chuaniso for the first time in the book cafe. She was having a meeting with Penny, mm. and I couldn't believe my eyes. Like, is that Chuaniso? Yes, Chuaniso. Chuaniso. The Chuaniso. Mm. Then I, Andy Brown, met him in the same way. I met almost. Any artist you can think of, watch them perform in that space. And just because everyone who was in that space was in pursuit of something that was bigger than themselves. So you wouldn't get in there and you would feel like you needed to be a fan or you needed to be... You were a fan of these people, but they didn't make you feel like one. Because the goal was bigger than just... The, it was not a selfish place. And it was a community. I, it was a community. Everyone it was, was adding to that community. I remember uh, I would go to the book cafe, right? Even on my brokest day, when I didn't have anything, uh, I didn't have transport money I would, uh, or anything, I would always go to the book cafe, watch a dope show, meet an incredible human being, and meet someone who was willing to give me an ear and to help me out to get to the next level. Like, that's how incredible that space was. Now, don't you think, like, when you look at the tragedy of it all, is that I, I see a lot of cats coming out to music right now and they don't have performance experience. Like, right. A lot of guys produce a lot of songs that sound nice on, on production. And... They, you know, I, I my confidence in MCing and so forth has enhanced 
by emceeing for free at Book Cafe. Same year. Same year. I remember there was a time I used to host the um, Poetry Slam. I was the MC for a long time for mm. the open mic on Mondays, right? And that was like the training ground and you're doing it for free. And what what made the Book Cafe so great was it was a performance first uh, uh, type of place where because people are coming there to to sharpen their craft and the only way you could see how someone was developing within their craft is you're consistently seeing them on stage developing right mm-hmm. whether you're a poet you're a dancer or whatever it is so a lot of the people I know people who had great careers as performing artists before they even had they a record out, a song, yeah. before they recorded a song out Mike Anity Mike was one of those uh, Mashubi for a long Mashubi, time Mashubi uh, I even say Dada D a lot of those cats were even if you look at uh, Comrade Fatsa yes because the, and these were great performers and even I came from that before I even ever recorded a poem or anything I was performing for people and for a long time the people who can who, who liked what I did it's because I performed for them yeah right so now recording became the other thing to to add to what people were already connecting with and there was a great balance now people are recording artists first so and yeah a lot of it is underwhelming when you watch them perform and the experience is, is if i was to use the word horrible maybe it's a bit harsh but it's horrible a lot of them don't know how to perform they can't even handle the mic or they don't even know how to communicate with the with the with the audience or how to create a set they've got a string of great records but they don't even know how to build it to be to be a set or to tell a story with the set and now it's it's a lot man but book cafe was that place and i loved it for everything it was so you do, do, do you know that job praiser the start of open mic book cafe get out of here <laughs> get out of here shut the front the ge- door third generation band that that was was it was um on a competition called book up exposure of course i remember the book up exposure so job praiser performs at book cafe it, it wasn't called Jar Praiser that it was called third generation band and uh, hope masike of course did, so. did, do so. you know that um victor kulonga started open mic get out of here um chuoniso open mic so w- what i'm saying is that w- let's go back to the Jar Praiser story because it's actually uh, interesting he, he he performs at um at book cafe uh, it, it, we're recording in a car, so if you guys cool kids, <laughs> understanding what sounds happening, <laughs> that's what happens. It's, we're podcasting, it's credit talk, we're talking, and we're having a conversation. So, look, um, Jarpraiser records, uh, goes and performs uh, Open Mic at Book Cafe. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know what number he came through and, you know, performed and all that other stuff. But everybody. Then after that, he goes and performs at um, Josh Wojeri's Jazz 24. And there was that joint. There was Jazz 24. Remember, like, you can you can name a bunch of live spaces that existed. Now you can't. Even if you open up Zimbabwe right now, they're not. Arari. I can't even think of one. You can't think of one. That's why you now have these places where the guys might have a deal with a, what you call it, with a, um, with a bar. But what Book Cafe did for you is when you came to open mic night, 
the audience that was there last week is not the same as the audience. They're not your fans. You've got a new audience every week. That means you have to have your 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 act on point. You gotta get your shit on point. Otherwise, you gotta be dope. Gotta be dope. That's it. <laughs> you gotta be dope. And and sometimes people are gonna say, Ah, Anadiru, Mbeu, Mbeu. I remember Mbeu was part of a band called Tret. The yeah, days Trete. I used to be the MC at the open mic. Who was who was oh, Savannah Africa? Savannah Afros. Savannah, Savannah Afros. Afros, yeah, yeah. That was the, a hot chick from Savannah. The one went to Germany and yeah. <laughs> What's her name? Rutendo. Bachiriza. Bachiriza. Yeah, she was hot. Okay, she was really. Hot. I mean, I pro, pro, she's probably still no, hot. No, I haven't seen her in a I long time. Seen her in, so, like, I mean, Rutendo like, I hope she's not like dead. No, no, she, I'm sure she's there. No, but I mean, COVID. You know, COVID is twisted. True, true, but we hope not. So I'm just gonna hope she's not oh. dead because we might be talking with about the locks. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> and at it, the time you had the book cafe, you had Zimbabwe German Society Alliance was, was in full swing. Mm-hmm. Delta Gallery. Remember the first show called was it Alliance? I, that's one still one of my favorite shows. It was at the Manningberg and Alliance. And Alliance, and because remember, remember there was Akala and then came through. Oof. And the, the, the New York, the New York rapper, hired gun, hired gun. Oh. <laughs> I remember being. Remember they they did it in the car park, bro. The showcase, where even what's his name performed there. This is where. Do you remember when uh, uh, Outspoken was performing with Suniva, the chick with the violin? Oh, <laughs> ah, guys. I miss those dudes though. They'd... But the thing is, what we're also talking about is that a lot of the art was going into the public domain. Right. Like a lot of that art is like, I'm going to share things with people who enjoy it. And and there was a community. Wait, wait, wait. The Jarpraiser story. You need to finish that story. Oh, so Jarpraiser then goes to, um, to, what's the name of this guy's name? Joshua Jerry's bar. Mm-hmm. And he's performing there. And there's some point that I remember going to shows a couple of times. And at that time, people were like, "This competition. I remember Mike Ainit used to think it was competition. It's kind of silly because it were different. Yeah. But and the thing is, he called him Jar Pra itself, Jar Praiser. So maybe it's a, a couple of ignorant people called him plus also trying was, to get at the reggae space. But he was also in the reggae dancehall space. He was actually in that space. Yeah, he was in the reggae dancehall yes, space. Yes, but there was a... Th- time that he just flipped because the thing is there was a time I think when he was performing there and he performed to and shout out to Josh Bougere from being very patient with him there was a time he was performing there and the owners who used to try to pay Josh to say hey, we can pay you for this guy to stop singing because he's, he's totally boring but, but, but also you see what was happening at the time there was an appetite for live music there is an appetite for live music. There is, right? Because now people make it seem like there is no appetite for live music. But the thing is, I, I think the other side is that we don't have enough daring investors. What do you mean? Explain. Um, the guy from uh, uh, Paul Brickhill. Paul Brickhill. He was daring. He was like, I'm going to go 1980s. He sets up his band... And then he starts hooking up with luxury blues and so forth. He starts playing the saxophone. 
Like, you know, they set up through D Mob money, right? No. Oh. I got so much to tell you. So, you see, <laughs> uh, of, of the three people that I wish I would have interviewed before they passed, I really would have wanted to interview Paul Brickhill, mm. Fortune Paruta, mm. and Tendai Mfuruza. Mm. Of those, add, uh, I didn't record it, but uh, a lot of my understanding of the world came through Paul Brickell. Like, it's Paul Brickell, though, how do you create that? That guy was. What? Even when I started to hear about his contribution in the struggle and, and that he was uh, Zapu affiliated yeah. and. What? And. Yeah, you go to his house. Um, I, I, I kid you not. Um, the, 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 the Louis Armstrong. Louis Louis visited him at his damn house. The Louis Armstrong. Yes, yes Uncle Such, Suchmo, that dude. What? Yep. That the, that family is steeped in so much heritage. I need to make a piece about them. There's so much heritage. I I, I think that the thing why a lot of this stuff is important to me. Sometimes we always act like we're the first. We're Be not. In spite of the fact that we we may be the first to create an outlet in terms of how we communicate as the medium for communication in right. what it is, but we're not the first ones to to communicate. A lot of the things is, uh, is 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 a case of, you know, uh, I'm the first. I'm the first and the first. And I, like I, I'm one of the first people to create a podcast. But I wasn't the first person to communicate. And for me, my main thing was just to communicate, and it remains my main thing. So what you're explaining right now is the reason why I like telling the stories that I tell as a communicator and storyteller. Uh, because we're living in a time where if we're not careful uh, we might everything is made to seem as if uh, the people who came before us did not do anything yep it's, it's, it's what um, uh, Bill Mayer called progressophobia so personally I always want to tell that story we need to tell how great Bundu boys was oh bad. It's, it's, also, you, oh so bad. Yes, and how bad say, they okay, were. No, they were not good at that. They but, were not good at that. Yeah, but but that's part of the story. That's part of the story, so that we can be progressive in how we learn, and and because a lot of the times, for example, when people talk about Mokomba and the things that Mokomba are doing right now, right, which is phenomenal. But guess what? Bundu boys was doing that in the eighties. Hundred percent, right? Augustum Sarurwa. They were doing right. that in the eighties. Oh, rest in peace to um, Prince Sarurwa. Oh, well, you know he's related yeah, to yeah. Augustum Sarurwa. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I just thought I just thought it was the. Just a surname. It's just a surname. Yeah. No, yeah, related. Oh, okay. So, um, but you 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 sit there and you're like, Augustum Sarurwa was out. In 1920s, 30s, creating jazz music that went to America and became huge. What? And this, this, this is the thing. What I'm saying is that our culture is so huge 
uh, that we we think we're the first ones to cross borders. We think we're the first ah, ones to be fam. there. But but I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh yeah, in Africa. Do you guys? Me and my kid was kicking that shit in the nineties and eighties. Dorothy look, Masuka, fam, in the fifties she was already in kicking. the nineteen nineties, nineteen ninety eight FIFA World Cup album. Shumba Zenavu. Thomas Tafirenika was on that album. He's on that album. <laughs> and I, I see people, like, I disagree with a lot of, not a lot, some things that to, Thomas Mafuma says, but I'm never going to disrespect his, his contribution to the, to the culture of zeitgeist of Africa. Remember, he's the only African on the 1998 FIFA World Cup album. But see, when that so what you're explaining right now was the thought process in just creating 99 lives the Tishmatar story and telling so the Tishmatar story wasn't about Tishmatar's it was an old two radio right that yo you see this this is where it's coming from and it's we are already we're regressing we're not progressing because in the 80s, you guys were at the zenith of what was African pop culture. You were leading that as a platform in Radio 3. 30 years later, we are still 30 years behind. We're still doing it like those guys. Like it was, and it's like one of those when I say, you know, some of the things we call culture, our ancestors would be embarrassed that we're doing the same thing. Bro, by, by 1988... When Teach left for South Africa, the system had already started to slow down. By the time experienced what was the golden years, the golden years of Radio 3 in the early 90s to mid 90s, the people who were, we had started with it were already saying, no, it's already slowed down. We need, we need bigger. We need we better. We need new energy. We need new energy. And they kept that system up for the next 30 years. How embarrassing is that? But and it's still here right now. And but it's because no one ever told the story or documented it and made it such a spectacle like so that we can learn. Why did we learn. get here? Why are we here? Why now? are we here? And why did we do that back then? And we didn't do it because it was like a cool thing to do. It's because we needed to survive, bro. It's like I don't understand why, why, why we still act like, uh, you know, breakfast radio. Is still in in a country like Zimbabwe, which is so informalized, is still classified as the premium. The premium. I'm like, yeah, but you realize a lot of niggas are not leaving home that early anymore. Are chilling at the house. People are chilling at the house. They're not in traffic like that. I don't know why all talk shows are at between six and nine p.m. No, people are not really doing that anymore. Like, like, I don't understand why we don't have a talk radio show, uh, radio station. I mean, like, I, like, I know that the guys who have tried it have tried too hard to, I, I don't like, I don't like, <laughs> but I don't like being like that guy. I, I, yeah, whatever, let, let me not, let me hit, uh, let me give you an example. In the United uh, Kingdom, there's a station called Talk Sport. Yeah, I like Talk Sport. For 24 hours, they talk about sport. And TalkSport is actually the competitor to Sky Sports and 
Sky Sports Audio and BT Sport. Hmm. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the other sports channel. The audio bouquet version. But Talk Sport is actually the leading within the within the audio space. A funny story that Talk Sport Sky Sky didn't Sky buy Talk Sport though. I don't know. I think but, they did. I think they did. But but Talk Sport is one of the because I remember I was even uh, I used to I was watching a lot of Talk Sport uh, shows on commentary on the Euros where they used to have Mourinho on, on YouTube. On, on, yeah, 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 I was like, that shit's dope. Okay, that was super dope. But they, that was actually for their radio show. That's how brilliant it is. But do you realize that they make talk radio so interesting that you could spend six hours listening to sport? But they don't make the the thing is I think there is that necessity you talked about Tishmatas, that necessity to think about radio as less radio than it was to twenty, uh, 20 years ago. But also we as long as radio for us they are still thinking about selling time, they're not gonna get it right. Because you have to move from selling time to selling content. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That it's no yeah. longer what we're selling is not about the time. So the reason why the whole breakfast radio or drive time radio. Because it's time. Because they're selling time. Which got to right? happen between six, six and nine. Six and nine because people are driving. There are a lot of assumptions. So what we should, where we should be at is where we, where we have, where we would have graduated to say, what's our society like? Who are we? Who are we? How do these people behave? Do we like this? Do we like this or because we're trying to have like a... A template. A template that actually doesn't work for us. And the other thing, like I say, most people in this country are unemployed. And I think that's a lot of also how when you look at the different... Again, sorry, I just deviating again to the live spaces. Uh, I'm, I'm a big passionate person about live spaces. Like a lot of people who set up live spaces. If you if you went to Josh Wajeri's place in Jazz One or Jazz One or Five, it was a different experience from um, Book Cafe. But they never felt that they were stealing crowds from each other. It was a different space from the usual place. Yep. It was a different experience from on the roof. It was a different experience from the next space and the next space and the next space and the next space. And and you'd go there in peak season and all those spaces at people. Even when that jazz band was playing at this place and Ningyi was playing at that space and Ningyi was playing at that space and they, they were all they all had people who gathered around those experiences. But also we have to take into consideration that the demographics, the audiences changed over time. Because the generation, the the audience that's that's in the market right now that should be attending those things, a lot of them actually don't have a lot of disposable income. I don't know if people don't have disposable income because people are drinking a lot. People are still going doing things a lot. It's not True. like people have stopped trying to have fun. Or we just haven't convinced them. Or we just haven't curated great enough experiences. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think we are... We businessify too much of just natural experience. So, when a, a person is sitting there and they're saying they're setting up a live performance, they're treating themselves like a club, not a live performance space. They they're treating themselves like 
they are competing with the bow. The bower. No, you're not. So I mean, when you, when you really look at about it, you, you start thinking, okay, our our um, are we are we assuming what people are interested in? Mm. Let's look at it this way: Jar Praiser is huge because a lot of people have watched him live on stage. He used to go and sure. perform tukenda, at schools. Yeah, that statement, kwaja, it means we know him personally. And there are people who would go to jazz shows every week. Every week. I know people who would even go to another town. Not, not like he is, he is at Book Cafe. No. Do you remember even the Alexio days of uh, Kuchina? Kuchina. Tukwenda Kuchina. Kuchina was a big thing, bro. Banagi. I got memories from Kuchina. Where you're just sitting there, you're like, yeah. Like, uh, everybody, like, we're waiting for Shaina. But also, they know his new music. Or, and, and also, you know what a lot of these artists did? They debut a lot of their songs on stage before they went to studio. So the song would be a hit on stage with the audience yes. way before the song is recorded. By the way, time you get to the studio, by the way, time is out, the audience already loves it. And therefore, your, your sales in terms of ticket sales. That's and you could be one of those guys, oh, you guys are getting on there? So that's the Fela Kuti model. Only that fella was a bit extreme. He would even go, go to say the moment he cuts a record that it's now recorded, he won't perform it. He stops performing. No way. Because you, you now have it at your house. Because the, 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 the moment has been crystallized. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, so he would perform it. He would perform this song. But and the day he cuts the record and the record is out, it's done. He's not going to perform it again. Because you can now keep it at your house. Yeah. So so you can keep my performance at your house. God damn. <laughs> that was fascinating. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so dude, um, I hate the word content because it removes the artistic aspect. It just boxes everything. Whether you're doing a talk show about health and you're doing a talk show about and somebody performing on stage. You just to find this content, so everybody just kind of thinks like, yeah. The, there's a subject in school that was called content, but within content, there was social studies, religious education, environmental science. What there was like, there were like six, seven, eight, nine things, nine different subjects that were just packed in there and just, just, just. But when you wrote it in grade 7, they would call it general paper. But it had all these things in there that could stand a standalone subject. So I, I think I get your, your why you don't like the word content. Yeah, because it removes the... It removes identity. It removes identity, I, yeah. It, 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 it pretends that there isn't... It's, it's, it's one of the least valued subjects because everybody talks about... Oh, you passed maths and English, thank goodness. If you flunked content, no one cared. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? If you got like the what four, eight, twelve points at uh, what is it? Just four points. Units. Units. Four units. What units was it? I don't know. I don't it was one unit. The one unit is like you killed it. So if you had like four units per, what does it mean? Anyway, anyway, whatever it is, the bad thing. <laughs> Dude, this is like, for me, it's like uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago or something. I don't know. But it, it's that aspect that we, we, we've we taken the joy out of a lot of things by putting them in a box and say, figure it out. Right. Like we've, we've said, okay, uh, watching Beyonce on stage performing is the same as the World Health Organization putting out um, a broadcast on co- coronavirus because it's just content. Or watching a Quentin Tarantino movie is the same as watching... Or Mnangawa uh, giving a speech. Because yeah. it's all content. It's all content. It's, it's like well, they And they have got an equivalent value according to so-called creators because they're all content. That's rubbish, right? But that's how it is. Yeah, but exactly. Now that you put it like that, it's rubbish. Because <laughs> like I'm sitting there, like, I'm like... For me, it's the same as someone who says... What do you do when they say I'm a creative? What do you mean you're a creative? We all create. We all create, bro. A carpenter is creating. Yes. Like, what do you mean you're a creative? No, I create cards. Like, what? What is it? I create content. What, what kind of content do you create? It reminds me of a conversation with Oliver Mtukunzi when he said I had to go and get a passport because I had this opportunity with with multi choice to go to uh, um, to uh, Mauritius at some point. Uh, amazing experience. But he said to me, Larry, when you go to the passport office, uh, when they ask you what your job is, don't write artist, write writer. Because the world must know that whenever you carry a passport and go through, you are a writer, not just an artist. Because an artist could be a guy who, um, or you could be, you could be any, you could be a You're, singer, you, you could write, be, Larry. I'm You're a writer. Exactly. This is what I do. The fact I write. That I do radio and other material. No. The fact that I've performed. I'm a writer. Stage, your key thing that we all know you for is you're a writer. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a broadcaster. I'm a this. I'm a. You might be able to do a whole bunch of other things. Yes, but what do you do? Like, what's the essence of what you do? All right, all right. Story. There's that Benjamin Franklin guy, former president of the United States. Everybody forgets that he invented a whole bunch of other things, but his main thing was fucking president. <laughs> and people remember him for that. That is on the hundred. Yeah. He's on the hundred right now. So. Um, so I, I go back, like, and I think it's also lended to the degrading quality of content. We're going to use that word for now, okay? Of product. Of <laughs> <laughs> <Quite a> product. <laughs> of content. Let's let's use it for now. Of content going out because it's became a product, not an experience. True. Like. I, I was sitting in um you know Twitter Spaces uh, the other day, and everybody talked about you need to be authentic and so forth. You need to, don't be scared of 
what this or what the other. I'm, in, in this conversation, I'm like, I, I hear what you're saying, but I also know that we, I tell people that when I say I'm a writer, people think that it's, I need inspiration to write. I'm like, no, no, actually, it's a job. I'm, my job is to write. When, whether I'm inspired or not is not important. I have to the write. The client needs written work by this date or my publisher needs this information. Media finish this or whatever it is. I have, I have, that advertising agency needs this copy, this copy by this date. I don't, it's, it's not about inspiration. It's not bro. like when we sit here and we're like, let's have some tequilas. I do ask because it's rubbish that all of the content is just punched into one you, if you're content this, you're also content that. And, and I think it's also the reason why some uh, people then invite the wrong people to events. Because you're like, yeah, because you're X brand, you, you, you're not really looking at um, how to, 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 to target certain audiences because you're good at that audience. So that's why you then say, you look at an ex-brand, I don't want to name anyone at this point, the ex-brand, who is not necessarily got an audience that pays for a certain product, right. but because they have a lot of product out there, content out there, then therefore people just jump onto it. Mm -hmm. And then they ask themselves, like, why isn't this turning into sales? But because you jumped onto the guy who, when we watch, you're not looking at it as saying, that I love this content I, and therefore I'm going to buy the, the content uh, buy what they like well now that you put it like that I, and I totally connect with what you're saying because I think I, I subconsciously had the same gripes with the concept of content or creatives without really giving it a lot of thought but now that you put it like that I'm like yeah actually I hate it. I don't like it. Why the fuck would you call it content? Because it, it blurs out everything. It stops you from being an artist. It, 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 it stops you from... Like, no one went onto radio and said, we're going to play some content. Plus, even back in the day, remember, someone would say, I'm an art... They wouldn't just say, I'm an artist. But what kind of artist are you? Are you a poet? Are you a fine artist? Within the fine... Art world, you are you have a to painter? Be are you a sculptor? Do you do mixed media? What do you do? So, do you think, in a, in a certain way, that has affected appetite for art? Pretty much, because everything is now glossed over, and it's very generalized. Because YouTube will give you, you just watch a job raiser video, and on the side they also tell you some other thing that has to do with speech given by someone. I actually, if, if you gave me more of music, I'd like that. Because that's and why also I'm here. the same type of music, give me that. But because, you're now telling me also watch suggestions are not even related to... To what I've been watching. <laughs> but, but also then it then comes back to people like us who, who are also creators within the space creators within the space mm -hmm. like because you as a writer you are you're creating as someone who writes but is a poet or is a someone who tells stories in a certain regard through 
interviewing people or whatever it is, uh, we then have a responsibility to then inform our audiences of some of those nuances. Because the audience is exactly that. The audience, they get what we give them. It's the same way I've been telling people, I don't think that scientists and doctors should speak to the public. They make us panic. Yes. The, the information should be translated by people who are in the communication space to say by broadcasters, by people who understand how to communicate to audiences to say, yo, this is then how we translate this information to make it palatable over there so that these people don't panic. They don't... And they get the right behavior. Yeah, because that's what we do. We stand at the place where we influence behavior. Damn. But then I'm going to ask you though, the, you as a po poet, uh -huh. I think a, a big part of poetry, I'm just going to speak to the poetry aspect of you because I know there's a lot more to you. Right. Um, do you feel like poetry is an interpretation of behavior and then making it more a, a concept and where people find it palatable to to hear conversations that they would normally not have before? Um, think of it like stand-up comedy where Dave Chappelle can tackle certain strong topics but be able to make a joke about them. Uh spoken word poetry uh, poetry and 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 comedy or but are all part of the spoken word fraternity right it's mm -hmm. all spoken yeah, word yeah. uh or even live storytelling all of that is part of the spoken word fraternity like the awful under spoken word so it's almost similar in that it's the it's the there's the subject who is the subject aka the artist that's then weaving uh, words to either tell a story humorously or to either tell a story beautifully mm, mm, mm. humorously that's the comedian beautifully that's the that's the poet mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right because the well, poet is going to get on stage and is going to talk to me about Africa but in a way I've never seen Africa so it's not that I don't know Africa but they're just telling me in such a beautiful way that I'd never imagined. But th that's one layer. But there's also the layer where the poet is able to do that, but is also able to hide, but to carefully layer within that expression. And be able to use irony, for example. I irony, hyperbole, all those things. Hyperbole, whatever. All those things. To layer them within and actually add the thought process, a, an idea. A concept and waste no more than just them, um, what do you call this, reflecting their society or making us see things in a beautiful way or imagine them in a beautiful way. But where it's now like, snap, I hadn't thought about that idea. And that's what Dave Chappelle does. Dave Chappelle, it's humor, yes, but within that, he's going to champion ideas in there and he's going to seed a thought about how not only he sees the world but how he also thinks the world ought to be. And poetry does the same as all. So, yeah. so they've given that context, you feel like in, in a certain way, because I'll give you an example. When I went to watch, um, uh, what you call it, a performance by uh, 
this guy is, is like he, he makes amazing music um Enzo Aisho mm-hmm. I was like yeah okay I can actually hear this performance without needing to watch him perform he's not going to do anything right it's the same thing with Soldier Love when he performed and a lot of rappers uh, there's nothing else to it than what it already is but isn't that based on the fact that we certain in a, in a large way a lot of people come experience content on a basis for multi screens uh explain further so so you're watching a TV show but you can also tweet and you can also have music or you can right, also right, right. be gotcha, whatsapping gotcha. gotcha gotcha no i understand maybe maybe or we could be experiencing cuz it's I, th- I think the the space has always been layered if we were to be honest cuz the maskiri has existed in the same space where in outspoken was right uh or who can you mike Ainiti was existing in the same place where kuligan and kalabash were existing so I, I think it's also about who's consuming and where are they being consumed because in the same place where an outspoken was performing with the band with violin and with with all these things a lot of with the veem karate and they're doing incredible things there was also maskiru on the other side performing with him and his dj and the cd and they are literally using a backtrack mustana as well yeah so uh, i think it's that i think we need that balance because in the same place that enzo i shall exist there's also cynic ways who exists yeah, cynic needs to come back though <laughs> <laughs> So, so I think that balance is necessary. So, then, is, is is it a case of sometimes over the argue, arguing over the purists? I think so, and I think also as purists, we we forget. I think we're guilty of thinking that everyone thinks like us. Yep, we're guilty of that. Everyone doesn't think like us. In fact, ninety-eight percent of the people are not purists. True. As purists, we go the extra mile to want to explore the essence of a thing. That's not how everyone else thinks. Everyone else, to be honest, uh, and this might sound very harsh, but after working in the media for so long, a lot of the people don't have time. Not that they don't have time. They actually, everything that they consume or that they think that is suggested to them, it's suggested no, to them but, by the person but, who... But I, I believe in the don't have time philosophy because uh, one of the reasons I love DSTV for me mm-hmm. is because it tells me what's available. Whereas if I go to just a streaming platform, I have to look for things. Yeah, but a person like you, you have developed your palate so much that you understand what you like. No, but what I'm just saying Outside is that of I, I, what's suggested to you. No, but what I'm That's saying why you listen is that to albums, I hear... Right? I, no, I, I'm, to, I, I'm, I'm actually uh, agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that I would sit and I would say, let me... I don't know what Comedy Central is going to give me. I don't know what crime and... Dis, what do you call it? Uh, justice. Just, uh, yeah, channel. one of those uh, investigation, discovery. Yeah, yeah, that I'm, channel. Uh, <laughs> or Mnet is going to give me or Super Sport is going to give me unless it's... Um, uh, but knowing that I can go in to a, I have to look for a channel and watch, or I have to look for a show 
and then try and see if you like it and watch it. I, I just don't have the time to be investigating what I like. <laughs> so, so here's the th so there are two people who exist. A lot of the purists, they don't exist. So I'm not saying that at the same time that my tongue is has no palate. Right. No, but no, I I totally understand. I'm about to explain the point mm. developing from what you just said. Mm. Where I'm then saying. So a lot of people don't don't actually um, have time or just are not gonna go out there and look uh, and and listen to a whole album and know that there's a number eight that's banging. I remember when Ed Sheeran. I started knowing Ed Sheeran a while ago before he started popping, because I was in pursuit of a certain kind of sound. Then after a while, then after it got popular, I remember the album, the Plus album. No, the Multiply album. After mm. the Multiply album. After it came out, I'm on a bus going to Joburg. I'm listening to the album. At the time, the, the single that was out was Don't. That was the main single. I listened to Thinking Out Loud. And I was like, this song is going to be a bang. Right? And true to my words, exactly two, three months later, Thinking Out Loud was released as a single. And everyone else was saying this is a new Ed Sheeran song. But it was on the album. Because they don't actually listen to albums. Because they are waiting for the song to be suggested to them. Or come so, out as a video. Come out as a video. So that it's curated to them and, and a lot of that. So purists, that we exist on the end. We don't exist on the consumer's end. We're on the creative end. Yes, we're on the creative end. We are on the curator's end. We're supposed to curate because we are purists we can tell the difference between i was laughing at someone recently and i said zimbabwe is is where the place where people can't tell good media from bad media they can't tell a good written article from a bad written article right because we haven't developed lately because a lot of the 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 media was was just monopolized so we can't tell there are not too many great players we can tell great curating from great we can tell great interview from not so great interview right so the guy who did a horrible job and the guy as who long did as a, ad agreed with your opinion you think they're great you think they're great but this is bad journalism this is bad 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 but we can't tell the reason why we can't tell is because a lot of it has been uh in one place and it's been made to feel a certain kind of way so as purists right you will notice that the reason exactly book cafe the reason why it felt like that because it was a meeting of minds who were purists. And you're like, it's okay for that to be different because it's a book cafe. So the that's why the book cafe it was okay for people to come and learn their craft because they are purists. We, we were purists in that space. But what we forgot to do was in that space, a lot of us, or is that they saw that as the... As the cons they didn't take their art beyond the purest stage. But then the question is, they, would, they didn't was take that it to the book cafe's responsibility. No, 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 no. That's the, what I'm saying. A lot of the people. Oh, you there. mean the people who were benefiting the from this? Yeah, the purists uh, who yeah. came through to perform. That's and why some people got stuck on open mic for the rest of their lives. Yeah, or, and so or women's open mic. Or, women's open mic because they never took their craft to the consumer's end. Because the consumers will always take what they're given. Fact. And we, we've observed this over the years. Yeah. That's why you can tell the next person, you, like you could tell when Cardi B was being pushed by 
by big media to be what's next. And honestly speaking, guys, if it was a talent issue, I don't think if we were to be honest, Cardi B is the best rapper out there or she's even an exceptional rapper. She's not. But guess what it is? Suggestion. Someone is curating that. And says, you know what? Actually... And they're thinking of it from a behavior standpoint and what should be acceptable, what's acceptable, and a lot of these nuances. But because the person on the other side, they're there to just consume because the only time they get to listen to new music is when they open Trace and they watch what's on Trace and that becomes what's on their playlist and that's what's suggested on Spotify, that's what's suggested on Thingy Thing Thing. I I have a question then. Yeah. Because I have a a, a sort of like gripe with with Zim Hip Hop, for example. Right. Uh, Where I think the most skilled rappers in this country are women. So if I look at Tashamiswa, I look at Kiki Badass, I look at... They have the ability to rap differently. Mm. But on different songs. I'm talking about skill. I'm talking about skill alone. Because uh-huh. it's the same thing that Snoop Dogg said the other time. Uh-huh. Uh, it was controversial when he said rappers are like da 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 Every rapper was like da 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 and 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 I love a lot of guys like like um, the ASAF. I love a whole whole lot of cats who can who are dope at messaging. Uh, I, but, so there's a lot of dope messaging, uh-huh. but not enough. I actually enjoy this song without needing to care what the message is. Thank you. So unfortunately, this is where. So as purists, we love hip-hop and we understand it not from a music standpoint, but from a cultural standpoint, from a historical standpoint, from a essence standpoint. We speak hip-hop, like we could have a whole conversation about hip-hop and not talk it's about the music. It's going to be like a whole bunch of five hours of us talking about hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> but in those five hours, probably we wouldn't have spoken about the music at all. More about the culture. The More music. about the culture. So that's right? why I talk about the music. The music so, is important. So, but the 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 novice, like the I don't want to call them the general mind, right? But the the audience that consumes this, they could care less about the culture. In fact, they actually don't know that they speak hip hop. They think hip hop, and everything. The hip hop is the new pop that the world around them is is shaped around hip hop, right? How, how the messaging is and, and, and a lot of that. They don't know that. But we know that because we're purists. And unfortunately, the person on the end of the line doesn't care about how good you rap. Do you know what they care about? Is this entertaining for me for no, it to no, be no, on my no, place? No, no, no. I agree with you on that. I'm mm. just talking about the diversity in sound is beginning to get limited. No, because no, no. The, the audience, I was going to answer that. The audience mm. finds the stuff that they can't get locally elsewhere now. So they're saying, all right, uh, uh, because this guy doesn't, uh, this guy could be the next Kendrick Lamar, right? But Kendrick Lamar has got such a wide skill of rap. But you kind of sound like you're singing, you're like Pop Smoke. It's a drill song after the next drill song after the next drill song. So I can... So, I, so, 
I can I can sort of explain why we always find ourselves in such spaces as Always find ourselves as uh, so as people who are so we 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 are we come from a very small market, so as small market cats, we're always going to be looking at what's happening within the big market, and when we're looking at what's happening in the big market, so our 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 idea of what's what's great always comes from the big market, right? I agree. So we are always going to be impacted by the big market. So the big market. To begin with in Southern Africa is South Africa. So we Ama Piano is gonna come and impact us before any other sound comes and impact us. And Roomba is gonna come through and impact us again because it's coming from a big market. Same as Niger music. So then I have a question. Wait, wait, I, wait, wait. No, I'm, no, I'm going I, I, somewhere. I, I, okay, I'm going go, somewhere. Go, go so with it, go with then it. the United States, right? Mm. So unfortunately, people within the small market, especially artists are always going to be chasing the sound, the skill, and what's happening within the big market. If they are not self-aware like uh, a lot of these artists. And unfortunately, a lot of these new artists that are coming up, you don't get the awareness bit of who they are in terms of identity. So that's why it ends up feeling like... So I got the same gripe. Where it's like, why are you all sounding the same? Because you're sounding the same because they're all looking at the same person and they're not doing a lot of looking on the inside. So, do you know, um, over the last 10 years, one of my favorite rappers is Drake. You know, artists. Drake is I amazing. I didn't say rappers. Artists. Drake, I've seen Drake is, morph like five times. You're like, oh, you do that as well? Oh, you do, oh, you do that? Oh, you can sing? Because oh, you, you can... You can sing? You can, now oh, you're, you're doing Afro. Writer. You're oh, doing, you're doing Afro. Now you're doing this. And, and notice when Drake starts doing something, they all start doing that. Because they're always looking the at leader. the Yes, but but you realize Drake hasn't done drop. It's coming, I'm sure. No, but Drake has got this thing that he does. He's like Michael Jackson in that he's a pop artist. Like what's the, the pop what's space. hot right now? Right. So if it's, if it's uh, I know it's, what it's gonna happen is when drill is hot, he's gonna start doing drill. But I also kind of feel in in a real way that Drake. Like Michael Jackson understands the art. The art is the more important than the sound. So, so therefore, when you understand what the art is in terms of dope, it is you create better sound because you sound more authentic. You've taken me to the right person, Michael Jackson. What was the difference between Prince and Michael Jackson? I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a Prince guy. <laughs> Do you know why you Prince was a Prince was a no, purist. No, you and Dizzy Don have got the same idea. Prince was a purist. No, I refuse that argument. Look, Michael Jackson's an icon. You cannot compare no, no, to no. Prince. I, I can Prince give... and icon. Uh, Prince is not competing with Michael Jackson. No, no, no. They were not competing. But the thing that would stand out about Prince after you experience him about is how great an artist he was. But after you experienced Michael Jackson, the thing that you could that you would get from Michael Jackson was not how great an artist he is, is how great this experience was. No, that, that's how. That's why but the I Michael Jackson. With, I ah! felt that with, with Purple Rain. No, 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 I felt that with Prince. But a lot but of that's people tell the, you that they, they felt. Which one was a bigger? Which one was a bigger experience? 
the Michael Jackson experience or the Prince experience? I think that there were different experiences. Granted, but if Prince was to come to Zimbabwe, are you going to have the Winky D and uh, and Jar Praise argument right now? I feel like no, 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 no. I'm not going to. No, no, I'm not going to go there. They're the same person, Winky D and Jar Praise. How are they the same person? They're the same person in the same side. They, their careers are curated the same way. So they're, why, they're just in different uh, so why, spaces. Why, why are you saying that curated. Michael Jackson and Prince are curated the same way? Because the thing you would feel after you watch Prince or you yeah, listen to Prince... People say to themselves, the thing I feel about Ja Praiser bro, is that I feel he's deeper no, no, in no, African I, well, issues no, no, no. and Winky D is stop, more stop. urban. No, no, no. Don't take it from a Ja Praiser and Winky D. No, I just gave You're robbing us of a very beautiful debate. I'm just saying How dare you? Actually, how dare you? I'm just saying that right now it's it's possible that that argument can be made. Prince using was, the same characters. Prince, Prince was a great artist in the up until the point where Prince is the guy where on stage he's gonna play you the guitar, he's gonna sit on the piano, he's gonna go three seven octaves high and a lot of that. Great, but how many people they can sing along to Prince songs? And how many people they can sing a lot to Michael Jackson songs? If you were to give people to a lifetime concert and say, buy one ticket between Michael Jackson or Prince, how many people would buy the Michael Jackson ticket first or five times before they think of Prince? That's not that Prince is not a great... So, artistry, if they were to say pound for pound artistry, maybe Prince is a greater artist. But, but Michael was a... was a fucking no, brilliant artist. He was. Oh, but, you said greater. Right? Yeah, he's, he's, he was a greater experience. He was... The Michael Jackson experience was more pronounced. That's why he was the king of pop. Pop simply means popular culture. What is popular culture. at that point? Yeah, so popular he would do Sungura. Yes. He was the king of popular culture. He was... He was pop culture. He was more impactful... Than Prince ever was. So you're saying Drake is just the pop hero of the two two thousand. So between, uh, yeah, Drake is is the king of pop. Like Drake, guys. Drake. So it's, like, it's like how when AKA transitioned from being a rapper and said I'm pop. So I remember that period. So it's 2013, 14. 2013. AKA releases uh what's this song? Congratulate. I was like something has this guy is no longer hip hop. There's a thing that when when me AKA changed me in my life is like when and I'm sad for him because I, I I know a lot of people are saying a lot of things about his unfortunate situation earlier. Right. And I, I think it's unless you have the evidence, it's quite just, unfortunate, it, yeah. Like you know, especially the fact that he has needed to go and disappear for every. He's going to. What do you think about cancel culture? What's this in that neighborhood? It's, it's gay. It's, 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 it's stupid. stupid. Because if you disagree with somebody, it doesn't mean they have to lose their job. Yeah. Plus, what type it's of okay. world should we all have the same opinion? Why? I have people you not love I diversity? strongly disagree with, but yeah. they're my friends. And you love them to death. And I would go to war for them. That's the point. And that's what makes us beautiful, because we disagree. Diversity. So people who don't like diversity are the people who are racist. I'm like, yo, um, and there's people who just like, oh, but that guy's just did to use racism. He's my friend. Like, yo, but you realize he's part of the white monopoly. No, 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 no. 
I understand why we can do that with me and my homie. I I would have a I would have a problem if some random white guy came and did it to me. Yes, and so but, uh, so. But I love my homie. How can you not love diversity? Diversity is what makes us strong. How can you not? What makes this beautiful is that there is green. There's there's not and even there's, just one shade of green. And then the ground is brown. It's brown, and, and the sky is blue. There's yellow. And there's, there's like flowers that are blue. Bruh. And purple. Look for me. I I've never understood cancel culture because I I I I, I watch if I go to YouTube, I watch videos I disagree with. I'm like, okay, let me just understand your point. Maybe I don't get something. Plus, w w since when do we cancel people for being, for misstepping? Is that not whole, the whole essence of being human? And isn't what the reason why, if you look at Zimbabwe, black people were canceled because they were not like Rhodesians, like the, the, the white Rhodesians. Bruh. That's why they were canceled, because... You don't conform to the culture. To basically. the culture, so we're gonna. So why are we're gonna we cancel then him? gonna cancel Vander Murphy's kid because we don't like what he did? I'm like, no, no. Maybe sometimes Vander Murphy's kid is just ignorant. He just doesn't know better. Oh, but we educate him. I I, I I know, like for example, when I go to uh, what's the name of that place? Yoku, Yoku, the um, the the tin roof. Mm -hmm. I had white chicks touching my hair. I'm like, because I've never seen a guy like me. And, and it's not because they're touching my hair because it's racist. Mm -mm. It's because they're like, I don't know. It's a different experience. It's a different experience. She's not being racist. She's just never seen it. She's ignorant about it. And so you could just say, oh, shit, why didn't you touch the white guys? I'm like, no, 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 no. What she's actually going through is a situation where she's like, I remember when I was taking pictures at Haifa. Um, the, the German band Jamaran was performing and I'm taking pictures and this is little 12, 13, 15 yeah, grabbing my hair like while well, I'm taking pictures and someone said ah don't you think that's terrible the fact that they're treating you like an animal a zoo I'm like what do you mean they are just kids hair, they don't hair, know they've never seen it maybe this person has never interacted or been close to a black person ever in their life yes and it's not their fault because they're like 12 and whatever societal constraints that have been there it's not that they're being horrible C council culture is stupid like it's so stupid i hate it but but before we get because we can okay. talk about council culture for a while and i, I want to ask what are you working on what should people be looking out because you're always working on something are you gonna do some another ep or we're gonna find that you get an album uh Finally, I'm going to release an album this year because this is my 10th year as as a spoken word artist, as a poet, professionally. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to release my debut album this year. Is, it's called... Is that a name? Into Me See. Into Me See. Into Me See. I was debating... It just sounded like a... Like a, a into Me See. Into Me See. Into Me See. Oh, so, shit. Into Me See. You shouldn't So Into Me See, yeah. oh, so see into me. So I'm honest about a lot of cool things in there, and it's 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 probably my only album. Then I stop pursuing excellence within the poetry and spoken word space. Um, what else are you working on? Then I, I eventually interviewed Delani Makalima. Oh, 
Uh, so that's coming. We're working on it. Dancehall, the origins. Yeah, yeah. Of Tell us, by the way, the the YouTube channel. So Profound TV on YouTube, the Profound One on all social media networks. Highlight me. Let me know what it so is. So Delani. Delani is coming. It's on the same channel as Chamembe. Chamembe and everything. Delani is coming. We're working on a podcast network that's coming too. Mm. And uh, more importantly, uh, a lot of good, good, good content. We've got a series coming. It's called. Uh, after the noise, the podcast and everything all coming. So coming soon, and your Twitter, Instagram, the profound one on all social media networks. T H A. Why the profound one? Because I'm so profound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the profound man because I'm so profound. <laughs> I'm the profound man. Uh, hey fam, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely, uh, I always enjoy this. When are we doing this again? Of, oh. We're doing it like when uh, when the Delaney McCallum comes out. Please, let's do it. We're gonna do that because we 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 didn't even talk about AKA or cancel culture or pop culture. Or yeah, whatever. well, that's a different one. And oh. then bless, so, bless always. Be blessed. Uh, pray hard. If you don't pray hard, ask your mama to pray hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> it for this week's episode add us to your podcatcher or on itunes now so that you can make sure you never miss out on another second of our wonderful podcast we would hate for you to miss out have a great week everyone